Welcome to Retiring Generously, a podcast for the charitably inclined. I'm Caleb Frankert, financial advisor and enrolled agent at Blue Jay Financial Group in Defiance, Ohio. My mission is to equip you with the knowledge and resources to be generous, tax efficient, and intentional with your retirement dollars. Let's get started. Well, thanks for hanging in there with me so far. We're beginning to wind down on this first and maybe only season of Retiring Generously. We'll see. On this episode, we're taking a bit of a respite from some of the technical stuff, and we're going to dip our collective toe just ever so slightly into the waters of the psychology of generosity. I've always said that generous people tend to be happier and more successful. But that can be a bit of a chicken and the egg situation if you think about it. Are generous people happier because they're more successful? Or are they more successful because they're happier? Look, I don't really know for sure, but I do think that there's a strong correlation between the two. As I said, we'll only dip our toe into the waters of psychology. There's a reason for that. A psychologist, I am not. Uh, A financial advisor, I am. But you really can't deny that the two subjects often cross over. I want to share some statistics around charitable giving, and hopefully these numbers will support my thesis that generous people are happier and more successful. So I recently read an article by Taylor Schulte, a certified financial planner in San Diego. His article highlighted 80 different statistics about charitable giving and volunteerism in 2020. I want to make sure that I'm giving him credit for organizing the data. Uh, This is not me. I read his article. I found some points that I thought were really interesting, so I'm going to comment on them. Now, I'm not going to list all 80 points that he made here, but I've pulled some out that I think may apply to the audience of this podcast. So diving right in, the first statistic that I want to highlight is this. 80% of donations are made by individuals, not corporations. So I've talked about tax-efficient giving strategies over the course of this podcast, but I also mentioned that I don't believe taxes to be the primary motivation behind giving. Now, for corporations, you could argue that it's more about tax benefits on a larger scale, and because of that, you would expect our numbers to be very high. But the truth of the matter is this, individuals do give the most. Perhaps another surprising number is that those with incomes below $50,000 a year are among the most generous givers. Interestingly enough, this is the group that also has the lowest percentage uh, of claiming charitable deductions on their taxes, about 7.5%. Higher standard deductions, as we've talked about, kind of explain some of this, but really it doesn't tell the whole story. So this income group gives, or at least reports giving, a little more than 8% of their adjusted gross income. In fact, they're second only to the $10 million in annual income households, $10 million and above, uh, who give just over 9%. The least generous income range, and this was super surprising to me, uh, by the numbers is the $100,000 to $500,000 in annual household income. 
That's the least generous with reportable charitable deductions of under 3% of their adjusted gross income. I have to admit, I was a little bit shocked by those numbers. So the numbers are telling us this. Looking at the lowest income group and the ultra high income groups, these are the two that are, are most generous in their reported giving. Now I know that the data never tells the whole story and the keyword here could be reported giving, uh, but I, I don't think we can just throw this all out. It's gotta get us thinking a little bit, don't you think? Okay, what about religious giving? So according to the Philanthropy Roundtable, the U.S. is still the most quote-unquote religious country in the world, and regular giving to churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, and other religious parachurch organizations tends to be a part of many Americans' lives. However, and this is very interesting, numbers show that religious giving, or I'll say quote-unquote religious giving, is lower today than it was during the Great Depression. I guess I could think of a lot of ways to explain that away, but again, uh, I was genuinely surprised by this statement. So looking at Americans in general, let's compare ourselves to the rest of the world. We give seven times more than our European counterparts and about twice as much as our Canadian friends to the north. Philanthropy Roundtable credits these numbers to the point that I just made about religious giving, but they also credited to something else the American entrepreneurial spirit. They said, the American dream has always been to get ahead and get out from under. Many individuals and companies see it as their duty to give back when they've made it, helping those less fortunate to get that leg up. According to their research, six out of 10 American households participate in some kind of charitable giving. They say that the average age of the American giver is 64, so think baby boomers. There were some more studies on different generations and their giving, um, but I do think that that was more of a commentary on how different generations give, so I'm not really going to get into that. So again, while some of this information may not be surprising, when you look at the data as a whole, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Now for the psychology part. Scientific studies have shown that the act of giving releases dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is that chemical that makes us feel happy. So there, generous people are happier, right? There's more to it than just a chemical reaction, though. When people give, they feel a sense of empowerment, especially when they see their donations accomplishing the good uh, and the work that they had hoped to accomplish. Another thing to consider is that oftentimes, donors have an emotional connection to the causes that they support. I don't think this is hard to understand, but think of someone who has maybe lost a loved one to a ravaging disease like cancer or Parkinson's or ALS. People who support those charities and support them in their fight, they feel an emotional obligation and thus feel rewarded when progress is made. So there's a sense that everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves. Generous people know that there's more to life than managing their own little kingdoms and uniting around a cause gives us a sense of community. And we all need community. It's in our nature. We're built for it. I admit, even though I can be very introverted and antisocial at times, I also desire community. We all desire a sense of community and belonging. And being part of a bigger reality, really. Way down the list of reasons that people give is tax benefits. It's interesting because as a financial advisor and a tax planner, 
I probably think about these things more than the average bear. We've spent this season talking about charitable giving and ways to do that more tax efficiently, not because tax avoidance is our primary concern, but because doing it well allows us the opportunity to be even more generous. And by being better stewards of our resources and by operating legally within the bounds of the tax code, we can become more effective givers. I really hope I'm starting to speak the language of my audience here. I know sometimes it takes me a while to get to the point, but again, we're building. So on the next episode, we're going to wrap up by discussing the things that we can all do, regardless of our age or retirement status, to be more generous and more tax efficient. So whether you're in retirement or you just want to set yourself up for a more generous retirement down the road, you'll want to tune in. Well, that's all for this episode of Retiring Generously. I've been your host, Caleb Frankert. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have questions or topics that you would like covered on the Retiring Generously podcast, you can reach me at podcast at bluejfg.com. If you'd like to talk about your specific situation, you can schedule a 15-minute phone call at calendly.com slash Caleb dash Frankert. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash C-A-L-E-B dash F-R-A-N-K-A-R-T. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay, unless otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.